Now, Connect FM Sports puts every play under review with Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. After a lackluster October, the Penguins are undefeated in November. What's changed? Paul Staggerwald will be our guest. Mike Yersich is out as Penn State's offensive coordinator. James Franklin be next. We'll discuss. Bill Parcells often said, you are what your record says you are. But do we really believe that with this Steelers team? With a couple division game up, games upcoming, it appears we're about to find out. I'm Dave Glass. I'm Dave Herzing. And I'm Bob Anderson. Stay tuned as we discuss these topics and more as we go under review. Sponsored by Smith Lawn and Landscaping and Dr. Greg Lineski at Wise On Connect FM, your only local news radio. Welcome back, guys. It's uh, a beautiful weather day, and it's uh, the... I guess those days are running out here, but uh, we have plenty of sports to talk about. But I wanted to talk about a little challenge that we made here. We've been talking about it through text message, and we got to hype it up a little bit. So I think it was last week I asked you guys if you could make a 29-yard field goal, and I was a little taken aback by how quickly you both said that you could. (laughs) And I thought, you know what? We need to put our money where our mouth is. So I challenge you guys to a little kicking challenge here, and um, I'm going to change a couple of the rules here on you on the fly here. We're planning on Black Friday, which is the day after Thanksgiving. We're going to go down to one of the stadiums and kick D's already been practicing. He sent us a video. <laughs> I think we ought to back it up. We, we're going to make it a 32-yarder, which is an extra point, and we're going to do three each, and we'll make it like a hockey shootout. So if there's a tie after three, we'll just go to sudden death at that point. So you guys up for that challenge? Well, I, I don't think we have a choice. <laughs> but, yeah, that sounds fine. I, absolutely. And I would say practicing loosely. Legitimately, what I did is I went to Dunham's and I got a tee and I kicked two out of three field goals and the tee broke. And then there were zip ties on the uh, the, the turf up behind the high school. So I was putting those on there and I ended up that my max distance that I made was 39 yards. Oh, that's not bad. Now, yeah. now, now it's you got to give them obviously more leg into it. I think if I really practiced it and I had some time. Yeah, it wouldn't be that bad, but you know, we'll see. We'll see if the weather makes a difference too. It was a little warmer there when you were practicing. Yeah, and it was a full size football. It yeah. wasn't a little kid's football like my son uses. It was a full size football. So. You know, I got to go out and get a full size football <laughs> just for this because the only ones I have are the little ones that my yeah. son uses. But uh, I'm looking forward to the challenge. I'm going to do a little YouTube and just figure out how to do this. So. I think it's one of those things like tennis where it looks easy until you do it. Well, I did do it in, in college. I, I I was the kicker for our intramural team. Not that, you know, that and 50 cents will get you a cup of coffee. But my I think what happened last week is that my 22-year-old body said yes. And then I went home and thought about it. And it's like, well, I haven't even actually kicked a, f- a football in like seven years. So unlike D, I was a little bit busy. I have not had time to try it. But um, I'm not worried about being able to kick one 32-yarder. I'm just worried if my, my leg's going to hold out <laughs> to get through well, three of them yeah. yeah my friends were actually loyal sons were teasing me saying my hamstring my buddy jeremy was saying my hamstrings wrecked after that it was it was fine but yeah we'll, we'll see but i was i i still 
think confidently I can make it. All so. right. Well, just make sure we stretch out and we're going to do this on Facebook Live so you guys can follow along. If you're not on our Facebook page, make sure you find us. And there. I have to say something. You notice Bob didn't put himself in this challenge. And knowing a little bit about Bob, I suspect he could make it from 50 blindfolded. So <laughs> it's probably best that he's not going to show us up. Because oh, no, he... I'm going to participate too here, guys, because oh. you know what? Uh, the thing with me is I'll under deliver or I'll under um promise and under promise and over deliver hopefully <laughs> well, well this ought to be interesting because i've seen you play hockey and you just he never gets tired he's just like the terminator in 1984 there you go he never, he, he never rests yeah well we'll see <laughs> we'll see if that translates to the football field but uh let's talk a little bit about the football field so it didn't go so well for penn state saturday again it looked like the ohio state it on was deja vu bob it yeah. was the same game yeah it was very difficult to watch i had some friends go to the game I, I was fortunate enough somebody's invited me and it was the best easiest decision i ever made to turn those tickets down because i i said on the air last week i didn't think they were going to win I, you just knew that they weren't um yeah the stats of that game are almost mind-numbing after 741 in the second quarter they did not attempt a pass michigan michigan did yeah. not attempt a pass they didn't i need have, to yeah, no but think about it Listeners, too, chime in. We'll make it. Has anybody ever watched a football game like that? Because I certainly haven't. I, I mean, have a couple times, but not in a game with those kind of stakes where the team just absolutely knew. Like, look, we don't, all we need to do is not make a mistake, and there's no way Penn State can beat us. And they were right. And, and, and look, the offensive coordinator took the fall for this. And, and okay, maybe, and maybe it's that he didn't develop the quarterback. I, I got to tell you, I'm not now sure that Aller is the answer. I mean, he looked so bad. Yeah, it was it was pretty tough. Now, I mean, one, they got the receivers are not getting separation. I'm going down this weekend, and frankly, I don't even really want to go to the game, but my kids want to go, so I'm going to go with them. Uh, but when you're when you see it and you and you can see them run the routes when it's not on TV. They, they're not getting separation against quality opponents. Now, they got rid of their wide receivers coach, and then they, they brought in another guy. What are these guys doing? They have, And they brought in guys in the transfer portal, and that hasn't helped. Um, they, 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 Yershich has completely forgotten about the tight ends. Preseason, we were told that they had arguably one of the top five tight end groups mm. in, in the country. The tight ends are invisible. That's not Penn State football. And, and also, the running game against Michigan – I mean, where where was that? It's it was a very very difficult game, very to watch, very frustrating as a Penn State fan. And and the worst part is they wasted another really strong defensive effort. Yes. That is a truly elite defense it for is. Penn State, and they just you know at some point you're going to give up points to a truly good offense. Yeah, they did, but I thought the defense really hung in there. Gave up a couple big plays. Okay, that's yeah, fine. But overall, like last year, they got run over. Yes. This year, they did not get run over. They hung right in there. And if they'd had even a decent offense, they could have won that game. There's no question about it. You know, and the thing that's really disappointing to me about all of it is this. It's it's becoming so predictable. And, and I know it's been said any number of ways, but When's it going to happen for this team? And and what's the answer? I mean, you look at the recruiting. Franklin has all those recruits for these big games. If I'm one of the top recruits in the country, and, and I and I look at the comments as to what's being said about James Franklin and what's going on at Penn State as it relates to the offense, if I'm some high-powered you know receiver or running back guy like Marvin, Marvin Harrison Jr., why would a guy like that ever want to go to Penn State? Why? It's going to be hard to recruit him after this. And I just wonder... Is James Franklin, does he deserve more of the blame? I know they're not going to get rid of him, but should he be a guy who takes more of the of, of the fall here? Well, I that's always hard. I mean, because, look, I look at Pitt, 
And, and, and I did pick – some of my Pitt fans were gloating after that game. I said, look, we didn't just give up 380 yards rushing to Syracuse to drop to 2-8. and eight. Yeah. So, folks, let's keep in mind, it could be worse. Pitt is a tire fire. I mean, yes. they're a disaster. Yes. And there's a coach who should be fired. But the question was about Penn State. I do think I would give him another year. You've got this whole other schedule. You're going to give Aller a second year. Let's remember it is his first year starting. All right, new offensive coordinator. If they if they fall on their faces next year, and next year's a tough schedule. Do you see really that difficult. schedule? That's really much difficult. harder than this year. This year, let's let's hot take. The Big Ten actually is terrible. Yes. There are two really, really good teams. Then there's a gap. Then there's Penn State. And then there's a huge gap. And then there's like four or five mediocre teams. And then there's a whole bunch of terrible teams. Yes. Well, and then the Pac-12 coming. You know, That's going to really and elevate the league. the Pac-12 is the best conference in college football right now. Yeah. And it will elevate the league. And the 12-team playoff is going to be a really good thing for teams like Penn State. But you're not going to see undefeated teams anymore. Yeah, I, mean, may, I shouldn't say it like that. You you will, but to be undefeated now, a team like Ohio State, a team like Michigan, a team like to go and run that gauntlet. Look at Michigan's schedule next year. Yeah, it's insane. But there's this is no good. way they go undefeated next year. That's one of the things I like about college basketball is it that 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 encourages you to play tough out of conference games because of the the bigger tournament and the you know the power ratings. It's always been the case in college football that you play the cupcakes. You always want to go 12-0, and 11-1. and 1. Now, that's probably not going to be quite the case because, to your point, I think having a stronger schedule is going to matter more at the end of the year, and I like that. I, I hate seeing them play Delaware. Yeah, no question about it. And, again, a lot, of, a lot of fans who maybe aren't quite as invested as we are sometimes don't understand why a team like Penn State plays Rutgers or plays – they have to. They're part of the conference that, you know – Penn State can't help. Ohio State can't help that this the conference is down. And to your point, it's way down. It's way this down. is the worst I've seen the Big Ten in a very long time. They're going to have a tough bowl. I mean, the top two, Michigan and Ohio State are good. I don't want to take anything away from them. But after that, I think it's going to be a tough bowl season for the Big Ten. I really yes. do. But to, we've, we've, got, we've got off topic. I don't think they should fire him this year, but he should be on a short leash next year. Well, real quick, we only have a couple minutes left here, guys, in this segment. But uh, the Penguins are also undefeated, at least in November. And, um, boy, I, I don't know which team we expect to see going forward. Do we expect the October team that really struggled or this team that looks like they're not unbeatable, but, man, they're entertaining and they're winning? Well, I think we predicted the entertaining piece. I think, look, I think looking back, they were clearly unlucky. They were they were generating a lot of chances in October, and it seemed like everything against one in the net. We talked about that. We talked about Jari. Jari's been a lot better. Yeah. Jari was really good last night. I mean, they gave up some really ridiculous yeah. chances in that game, and he kept them right in it. Um, Crosby's playing out of his mind. I mean, 10 goals, 19 points in 14 games at his age. That's, He's on that's, pace for 59 goals. On pace for over 100 yeah, points. Yeah. I mean, about that. Look, yeah. it's going to calm crazy. down. I, I don't see him getting 50 goals. But if he gets 40 goals and 95 points at his age, that's that's incredible. Yeah, I mean, the level at which he's playing is unbelievable. Sullivan talked about his intangibles again for the umpteenth time. We are watching historically, and it's not even debatable anymore, one of the five greatest players of all time. 100%. It's and not even, you know, a lot of fans, I realize there's Flyers fans in this area. Hashtag get lost if you can't recognize the greatness. Do you remember years ago, and I hate to digress, you know, when, when Tom Brady you know, won that first Super Bowl, second Super Bowl, Steelers fans resented him. Maybe some do, but the fans that truly recognize greatness, when you saw Tom Brady later on in his, in his career, you realized we're watching something special. Crosby's no different than right. that. Oh, yeah, and I, most most other team fans 
they may not like him, but they certainly respect yeah. him. And, and we are so spoiled. This is going to end here in a couple of years, and I, I want to just enjoy it to the full. Even if they don't make the playoffs, I mean, this the, the talent is amazing. And I just have to say, that tip shot last night was unbelievable. And that pass from Carlson, you got to give him credit. Yeah, cool. He's starting to look like he belongs, yeah, too. Yeah, Carlson's, I mean, so far, so far, you guys have been more right than me. I'll give you that. It's early. Let's see where we are in January. But he, the last two or three games, Carlson's really looked good. And that was a big win last night because their schedule is about to get more difficult over the next 10 days they're going to go they host new jersey tomorrow night i'll be there travel to carolina host vegas the next night host the rangers travel to buffalo and then take on the maple leafs at home so that is a really tough stretch and we know how important it is to be in the playoff hunt come thanksgiving time so we're going to talk to paul staggerwald here and ask him what changed here from october to november stay with us as we continue under review sponsored by smith lawn and landscaping and dr greg lineski at wise eyes on connect fm here we go again the same old story you order the part online it's wrong when it arrives the car's torn apart and then the fun begins trying to send it back. In the meantime, your wife is missing her hair appointment. The kids need to, well, you know the rest of the story, and you think you saved money. At Napa, we'll get it right the first time. Napa know-how is on your side with expert customer service and parts that meet or exceed manufacturer's standards. Napa, better here to serve you, our customers. Napa Auto Parts, Dubois, Brockway, Brookville, and Clymer. Hi, I'm Diana. As a veteran, I know that for many servicemen and women, the battle doesn't always end when they come home. Because I too struggle with the invisible wounds of service. Thankfully, I found American Humane's Pups for Patriots program, which brought Sam into my life. Before being paired with Sam, I didn't get out of bed for most days. Pups for Patriots and Sam literally changed my life. Now I'm able to go to the store without having a panic attack, I'm finally able to live my life the way I want to live it. Pups for Patriots provides trained service dogs to veterans like me at no cost. If you're a veteran or know a veteran struggling with post-traumatic stress or traumatic brain injury, please go to AmericanHumane.org to learn about their Pups for Patriots service dog program. Let's give our veterans a fighting chance. A message from American Humane. Spitzer GM and Subaru Stores is hiring. There's great opportunities for you in sales, service BBC, service and body shop techs, vehicle detailers and custodian. And if you missed the recruitment expo, you can still apply at Indeed.com. Learn about benefits that include medical dental, 401k with 5% employer match, flexible work schedule, and health savings account. Spitzer GM and Subaru Stores, Blinker Highway Dubois. And SpitzerDuboisGM.com. Apply today on Indeed.com. Keeping your eye on the ball is the key to playing sports well. Let Wise Eyes coach you into sturdy shatter and contact-resistant eyewear. Whether your child plays sports... You love extreme sports or you work in hazardous construction zones. You need sharp vision while protecting your eyes. Dr. Lineski is a leader in clinical eye care and takes the time to explain your eye test results. Proud to support local sports programs, Wise Eyes has served our community for over 20 years. Commons Drive to Boys and at MyWiseEyes.com. Now, let's go back to Under Review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. 
Welcome back to Under Review. I'm Bob Anderson, and they are Dave Glass and Dave Herzing. And we're lucky right now, guys, to be joined on the line by a Penguins legend, Paul Staggerwald. Staggy, how you doing tonight? I'm good, guys. How you doing up there? Oh, we're great. Glad to have you on again. It's a pleasure. So uh, we were talking about the Penguins here, really looking good in November. They're undefeated after a lackluster October. Uh, what did you see, or what do you see that kind of changed for them? Well, I think the main thing is they uh, went to San Jose and kind of got all the crap out of their system and scored 10 goals. That, that certainly didn't hurt. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, uh, Eric Carlson said after the Ducks game here in Pittsburgh that they lost, he said maybe this isn't a bad thing. Uh, this might be a good thing is how he put it because it kind of makes you look in the mirror and maybe do a little soul searching and it kind of forces the team to circle the wagons a bit and really, you know, kind of take stock in what they're doing and what they need to do to win. They knew they were playing some pretty good hockey in spurts, but uh, it wasn't translating to goals and they were allowing uh, too many odd man breaks and just looking kind of disorganized at times and not getting the saves when they need them. It just seems like when you're not winning, many things are going wrong. And when you are, Lots of things are going right, and most importantly, then you start getting the bounces and things go your way. So I think once the, it turned around on the road, when they started to pay a little bit more attention to detail and and uh, kind of settle in, and I think the schedule helped them a bit. It's usually, there are external factors involved. You know, you play a team that played the night before, you play a team like San Jose that was absolutely horrible. Uh, you, you know, you, you get some things going your way in terms of the schedule maker. All of a sudden, you're on a roll. You're feeling better, and things start to really snowball. So I think that's what's happened. Well, uh, speaking of Eric Carlson, uh, what have your thoughts been, or your impression of him uh, through these first, you know, you know, the month and a half that he's been with the Penguins? Well, at times he's been brilliant, and at times he's looked like the Eric Carlson we expected. You know, to you know, from a defensive standpoint, I think the main thing is he's gaining more and more confidence with the way the Penguins play. Uh, he's getting more comfortable with the other great players on the team, especially Sid. Um, he's a fantastic person. He has a real presence about him. He's a great leader. He's got star quality. Like there's some guys, you, as soon as you encounter them, you know that they're special. Uh, you know, not just the, you know watching them on the ice, but in the locker room. And he's one of those guys. It reminds me a little bit in that respect of like when Paul Coffey came to Pittsburgh. There's a certain air about him that that I think has an impact. Um, so I, I really think it's a, a great thing to get a player of his caliber in there. And you saw what he did last night. He fired a puck towards Sid. Sid tipped it in. It was a perfectly executed play. And those kinds of plays could start to happen more often as Sid and Eric Carlson start to understand what each other are doing out there. So, you know, I, I say nothing but good things about him because when you got him, you knew that he was a guy that could put up numbers that occasionally he might make uh you know, an offensive decision that could backfire, but for the most part, I think if the Penguins as a team play the right way, he can be a great asset. Well, and I want to transition to another defenseman who I think a lot of people were worried about how he'd react, and that'd be Chris Letang. You know, he's got a different role. He's not quarterbacking the first power play. Um, and by all accounts, I, I heard, uh, you know, Sully say the other day that he thinks right now Latang's our best penalty killer. It seems like a lot of the risk has come out of his game. You know, he, he a lot of the things you just said about Carlson, I've seen out of Latang the last few years, great plays, but then some really, I would say, silly plays. And that seems to have really 
calmed down. So have you seen the same thing? What can you say about Latang's game so far? Yeah, I mean, I haven't really noticed him as much. I can, I think that's kind of the way I would put it, is that he, he's playing uh, within himself, and he's playing within the system, and playing with his partner Graves, and, and he's basically going out there and just keeping the game simple and doing the things that, you know, they letting the game come to him, which is something Mike Sullivan's always told him to do. And I think it's maybe easier for him now because he doesn't feel the need to be that guy that generates offense or has to be a force offensively. And now he'll probably end up getting the opportunity to make more plays, but not being on the power play. You know, the power play is a funny thing. It's one of those parts of the game that it can have a, a positive or a negative effect on your play overall when you get back to five on five. Now, the Penguins haven't had that many power play chances, which means that Chris Letang, not only is he not on the number one unit, he's not even getting that much ice time at all on the power play because he plays on the second unit. So if the Penguins get only two power play chances, I haven't looked at his ice time in the power play, but I'll bet it's really, really low. So I think in that respect it's good for him because it translates to his five-on-five play and because the power play can tend to be underachieve and, and kind of go a little haywire at times, I think that that could have a negative effect or did have a negative effect at times on his overall game. So I think that the fact that he's concentrating more on penalty killing and not really enjoying the opportunity on the power play, I think that might be making him a more controlled player overall and just it's translating to a game that, really, I think is way more effective in terms of what the Penguins need right now. So um, kudos to him. You know, uh, He always was a good defensive player when he wanted to be, but I think it's easier for him now because that's really what he's supposed to do. I do have to talk about somebody who's underachieved a little bit, and I'm curious as to what you think is going on with Ricard Raquel. I've been a big Raquel fan since he was in Anaheim. I was thrilled when they got him. He had a really good year last year. He, he just looks totally lost. What, what are you seeing? Well, when he was out west, he had some great scoring chances. Um, you know, he had a couple good ones, too, in that game against Anaheim here. I, I thought he was going to score in that game, and, and he didn't. Uh, and I think that he's just going through one of those spells that players go through when they're not scoring. It happens to the best of them, and um, I think that eventually he'll break out. But I don't see him as lost. I just see him as pressing a little bit now to score, and I think – one of these days a puck will go in for him and he'll start to you know click again. I just hope it happens before they sour on him and do something like move him somewhere else for a change of scenery because ultimately I think a guy who can score and play the game the way he does, he's a good 200-foot player. Those guys are really valuable. You know, if somebody goes down, for instance, Brian Rust, who's had a fantastic start to the season, say he would have get injured for a while, Raquel could be moved up to play with Sid and all of a sudden something good could happen. So you can never really just dismiss those guys you know when they're not going well because ultimately you might need him very badly before the long season is over so i think he'll figure it out he's too good a player i feel like he's probably really pressing right now and everybody's asking him about it and he's probably really kind of questioning himself at times but ultimately i think he'll bust out of it well, speaking of too good of a player and and somebody who is playing arguably the best hockey of his of his career early on and then last year as well was Malkin. Um, Evgeny Malkin is criminally undervalued. Uh, it's been well well documented that he didn't make one of the, the greatest players list. Why do you think that is, Stagi? Well, he had eight goals in his first thirteen games. That's the first time he's done that since his rookie year. I, I just think because he's played in the shadow of Sid 
uh, because he's uh, a little bit distant in terms of his uh, relationship with the media. And when you walk in the Penguins' room, you're not often seeing Gino in there. He usually gets out. Uh, if he is there and he does talk, it's usually pretty entertaining and oftentimes pretty poignant, the things that he says. But that isn't all the time. So I think people outside of Pittsburgh don't really feel like they know him all that well. And that that doesn't help, you know, because the media are all people who drive that stuff you're talking about. Um, and I think it's partly, too, because I think people see him as being somewhat erratic as a player. You know, they 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 notice that he doesn't have consistently great nights. Sometimes he has awful nights, and I think people tend to focus on that a little too much. But, you know, let's face it, the guys, the fact that he wasn't one of the top 100 players is a joke. Um, he's one of the greatest players that ever played the game, in my opinion, and he's going to prove it. I mean, his numbers are there. He's going to be the second highest scoring Russian player on earth for a long time behind Ovechkin. And, uh, it's pretty amazing. He passed Fedorov and, you know, look where he is. I mean, these are great players that he's going up against and has put numbers up against. So it's stupid really that people would not see him, but I agree with you. It is kind of a puzzle. But I think it has a lot to do with just the fact that he's been playing in the shadow of Sid here in Pittsburgh. Well, speaking to someone who played in the shadow of, of argue, my opinion, the greatest player of all time, 66, what are, what are the thoughts down in Pittsburgh of 68 coming back to have his number retired? Uh, people are really excited. You know, it's a great, great thing uh, to have him come back and have the fans be able to cheer for him. I mean, a lot of the people that will be in the building that night probably never saw him play. A lot of young fans and There'll be a lot of people, though, who have been there a long time who will really appreciate the opportunity to see him again. I haven't talked to the Penguins' uh, brass about how they want to deal with it, but if it were me, I would ask Yags to skate onto the ice with the team and uh, wear his old uniform and skate around a few, do a couple twirls, and then have his jersey taken off and handed off and folded up and then have a one raised to the rafters, his number on it. So. That's what I would do because he's still playing the game. He could probably come out in the warm-up and look pretty good. <laughs> and uh, that's the way I would do it. I haven't talked to anybody. I would guess they're probably thinking the same way I am, but if they're not, I'm going to give them that idea. I think that would be a really cool way to do it. Uh, Staggy, we only have about a minute left, but do you have any good Yager stories from, from yesteryear? Oh, yeah, I got a good one. I went to a Steeler game one night, and I came out at Gate A at Three River Stadium. I don't know if you remember where Gate A was, but it was down below. That's where all the ambulances pulled in, and it was kind of the you know the one place where you weren't supposed to park. And I came out, and the auger was standing there, and he goes, "Steggy, they towed my car." <laughs> I said, "Really?" And I said, "Well, where did you park, Yags?" He goes, "Right there." He points to a spot that was completely, you know, foreboding, and uh, you know. And so I said, "Well, yeah, you can't park there. That's where all the ambulances, everything, parking, the cops, and all that." So he just, you know, well, you know, so I said, well, I got to find out where they put it. So I went and asked where they took the car. They took it to a pound up on Mount Washington, and I got them in the car. It was like midnight, and I drove them up there, and they were nice enough to open up the gate for us. So he went in and got his car out. And uh, the next day I went to the rink, and he just he looked at me when he walked by me, but he never said, hey, thank you so much for <laughs> last night or anything. He just kind of, you know, pretended like it never happened almost. Yeah, oh, that's, so that's that was the way Yags was. That's a great one. Yeah, it was probably one of those sports cars too, knowing him. But uh, yeah, it was probably one. He probably once he got in it, he probably drove home about 130 miles an hour. <laughs> uh, hey, great story and great talking to you, Staggy. We really appreciate you taking the time and hope the Pens keep the streak going tomorrow night in New, against New Jersey. I'll be in attendance. 
Yeah, well, the Devils are struggling a little bit, so I think this is one time when the Penguins can handle them. And I, what I'd really like to see is the beat to Jersey and then take care of Carolina, who they had trouble with last year. They were always one goal behind them. They couldn't beat them in those tight games. I think that's going to be kind of a litmus test see where they are right now yeah they got a tough stretch coming we'll see how they do thanks again staggy and we'll catch up with you again soon here hopefully okay thanks for having me guys take care you too shankles pharmacy caring for you is what we do caring for each and every customer and their needs is the foundation of what shankles pharmacy is all about locally owned and operated by tom falzer shankles is committed to finding the health care products and services that you need being local tom and the pharmacists and staff at shankles really get to know you and your family west long avenue dubois and shanklespharmacy.com caring for you is what we do If you're tired of the fake news and tired of all the left-wing BS and agendas out there, if you want to do your right part to clean out the swamps and hit the lefties where it hurts, their pocketbook, we all know the president and his cronies hired thousands more IRS employees and agents. Now that's not very American. There's a way to fight back. Fellow conservatives out there, call American Tax Relief. They can help you pay less to the IRS. Don't you give a penny more to spend to the left-wing agendas. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes or haven't filed your taxes in years, call my friends at American Tax Relief. They'll give you a 100% free introduction to their program. And trust me, they're on the right side of your freedom. Pay the IRS less. Call now. 800-947-2132. 800-947-2132. That's 800-947-2132. Paid for by the tax doctor. Welcome to this week's Connect FM Local Youth Sports Beat, sponsored by Wise Eyes at the Dubois Commons and by Dr. Greg Lineski. We begin with the high school football playoff picture in District 9. There are four teams still alive last week in the class single way semifinal round. Port Allegheny upended Brockway 29 to 10. That sends Port Allegheny to the championship game for class 1A in District 9. They will go up against Red Bank Valley for that title. The game will be Friday night at 7 o'clock in Brockway. In the Class 2A championship game last Friday, Central Clarion pounded Brookville 63-18. Central Clarion now is advanced into the PIAA playoffs and will face Westinghouse Friday night at 7 at Penn West Clarion University. In Class 3A, District 9 champ Clearfield is going to play District 6 champ Central Martinsburg. The game is uh, scheduled for Friday night at 7 o'clock. It will be played at E.J. Mansell Stadium in Dubois. And last Friday in the D9 and 6 Class 4A sub-regional championship, Juniata outlasted Dubois 36-22. Now checking high school girls volleyball in the PIAA playoffs. Elk County Catholic is going to play for the Class 1A State Volleyball Championship. The District 9 champion Lady Crusaders are unbeaten. They ousted defending state champion Maplewood 3-0 last night. ACC is now going to face District 6 champ West Branch for the state title. That will be Saturday morning, 1030 at Cumberland Valley High School in Mechanicsburg. 
In their most recent meetings, West Branch has won over ECC in tournament action. That happened on October 21st, and then the Lady Warriors downed the Lady Crusaders in a one-set showdown in the West Branch tournament back in September. Now checking Penn State Dubois women's basketball. After her outstanding performance in the opening game of the season, Penn State Dubois women's freshman basketball player Natalie Bowser has been named the United States Collegiate Athletic Association Women's Basketball Player of the Week. Bowser, in her first collegiate game against Villa Maria College, notched a triple-double, scoring 31 points, grabbing 14 rebounds, and blocking 11 shots. The Lady Lions also won that game 63-59 in overtime over Villa Maria. And that's Connect FM's local youth sports beat. It's sponsored by Dr. Greg Lineski and Wise Eyes at the Dubois Commons. Now, let's go back to Under Review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. And we're back, and it's week 11, and we're going to try to navigate the minefield that is the NFL. Last week was really tough. There were some crazy games there. Who had the Ravens, Bengals, and Bills all losing at home last week? Maybe D. I mean, he had a good week, but the rest of us, I don't think so. Um, there's no more international games, guys. Four teams are on by this week. The Falcons, Colts, the Patriots, and the Saints. Uh, what's your overall take on the schedule before we get started? Anything you guys want to throw out? Just real quick. I mean, last week, most of the games were tight. There's four games this week with a spread of greater than 10. So it's a little bit different. Um, some of these, I think, are pretty obvious picks that I don't think we're going to vary on, but there's a couple games that might make a big difference. I'm just excited for Monday night. Super oh, Bowl yeah. rematch. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a great game. That's, I hope Hurts is banged up. We'll talk about it in a second, but that's that's a marquee game. Um, how about the standings update here? I I didn't compile it. I mean, I, I, I apologize for that. I know D won the week, and you were right behind him, and then I came in third. I had a terrible start to the week this time. I think I came out of the gates like 0-4 or something. But So you're still in the lead. I think I think you might have either cut, tied me or a game behind me now, D. All, all right. right. We're all still pretty close, though. Really close. Yeah, still close. And before we start, I just want to give you a little nugget to think about. Guess who leads the league in um, passing yards? I'm not going to give you the answer. I'll give it to you here as we go. You guys can think of it. Jeez, Dave, <laughs> you just gave it a little man. Just, I thought I could stump you there. Like, who would have thought Sam Howe would lead the league? The in only reason I know that yards? is Jeremiah, my son, came in last night and said, Hey, you know, Sam, whatever from the commanders yeah. is leading the league in yards. Know, and I'm like, right? Really? Who would have had that? All right, but anyhow, uh, tomorrow night, a great game to start the week. We're used to watching bad teams on Thursday night, but we got the Bengals 5-4 and four at the Ravens 7-3, and three, both teams coming off tough losses. Dave? Yeah, this is tough because, uh, yeah, like you said, I, I said I was going to stay on Baltimore every game as long as uh, Jackson was healthy. They got out to that lead. Uh, Watson was terrible in the first half. He was fantastic in the second half. Somehow Baltimore blew this game. This is exactly the kind of game that Cleveland always would lose, and somehow they won it. Uh, Cincinnati blew a game that they absolutely should have won. They led that game almost the whole way, I think. So it's hard for me to say. I I still think Burrow is back. Um, And so I'm going with him because Baltimore, all of a sudden, their defense, I mean, they gave up a lot of points. So 
I think Cincinnati needs it more. I mean, Cincinnati's in trouble. They lose this game. They are in serious trouble. So I'm going to go with Cincinnati, but I could I could see it either way. I'm actually going to take Baltimore in this one. I, I, again, my buddies make fun of me, Closet Ravens <laughs> fan. Very tough loss. I mean, that was one of the oddest endings. The Ravens just absolutely blew it. They don't do that this week. Um, Cincy's uh, defense is terrible. They can't do much at all. And I think Baltimore being at home gives them the edge. So I'm picking Baltimore. Yeah, I'm going with Baltimore too. I like the home factor. T. Higgins is probably going to be out again. Jamar Chase is kind of nursing a back injury. And uh, Lamar Jackson is 7-1 and one as a starter against the Bengals. So I'll go with I'll go He's with healthy. He's tough. I, I, yeah, I agree. All right, Steelers 6-3 and three at the Browns 6-3. and three. Another AFC North showdown, D. Say it. Stairway that talk is. is the best talk, baby. St- Stairway's winning this one. Um, Cleveland's a mess, uh, but although they run the ball, I mean, that's they're like the Steelers, uh, and Pittsburgh really can't stop the run. They're giving up almost five yards a carry, uh, but I just think Pittsburgh's defense makes enough plays to win. Um, I honestly don't see, with all the distractions that have gone on in Cleveland, especially this week with Watson being out for the year, I don't see how that works in their favor in any way at all. Well, the Steelers are the first team in NFL history to be outgained in each of their first nine games and still have a winning record. What gets me is one of these teams is going to be seven three seven and three after this week. I'm going to go with the stairway two here just because of the news with Deshaun Watson being out. I'll go with the Steelers. Well, I'm going to pick the Steelers partly because I figured everybody else was and I didn't want to be the only one on Cleveland. <laughs> um, and partly because, hey, they are six and three, all the reasons you guys just said. But I will say this. I will say this. Just like I said before when they won that game, that this is always the game that Mike Tomlin wins. This game right here is the game they lose. You're right. Backup quarterback. All of a sudden, everybody's feeling good. You start looking ahead in the schedule. They should win this game. They really, if you look at the schedule later, they need to win this game. This game scares the heck out of me. Yeah, this is right now that AFC Cleveland's North, defense is good. Yes, folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The AFC North is ridiculous. It's a log jam and, and a division game like this is crucial. So stairway's got to have this. All right. We got the bears three and seven at the Lions seven and two David Montgomery taking on his former team. Justin Fields is expected to be back, but it won't matter. The Lions will throw all over that terrible Chicago defense. And by the way, the Lions only have two teams on the schedule the rest of the way with winning records. The Vikings and the Cowboys look out for the Lions. And, I, and the Vikings team, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure I believe in them. We'll get to that in a minute. But, hey, Detroit, I'm telling you, they're going to probably be the one or two seed in, this, in, in the NFC. You look at what's going on here. Um, not much to say about this game. Detroit's good. Chicago isn't. Detroit. Yeah, Detroit. I mean, there's no way you could pick the Bears, even with Fields back. We got the Chargers 4-5 and at the Packers 3-6, and Dave. Oh, I hate this game because on one hand, you've got the Chargers coming east in a cold-weather game. It's time for Green Bay's home field advantage and all that stuff. On the other hand, Green Bay's not very good. And sure enough, last week, just just when you needed that interception, he threw that terrible ball. Uh, Good play by the Steelers, but... Um, well, I, before you pick, just to let you know, the Chargers haven't won at Lambeau Field since 1984. Well, you know, I, I don't play into that as much because different quarterbacks, different eras, but and they hardly ever play each other either. But I am going to take Green Bay strictly on home field advantage. That's the only reason. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking Green Bay because they could have beaten Stairway. They actually played pretty well. Um, both of these teams really don't have much defense. Um, I This is going to be a wild game, maybe. I think it will be, but I, I just think Green Bay, to your point, I just 
it's the whole thing with coming west and bad weather, and I just think Green Bay wins this one. I'm going with the Chargers here, and I feel like this could be a make-or-break game for Brandon Staley. They need to win, and I like their offense. Their defense is bad, but Green Bay's offense isn't that good. So we got the Raiders five and five at the Dolphins six and three. D. This is this is easy. The what's the spread? 12, 13 points or something? Ten and a half. Ten and a half. Okay. Okay. Um, Dolphins. There's no way Las Vegas wins this game. Although they have <laughs> just, looked better. Yeah, they have looked better. You know, anytime I say something like that and I make these emphatic statements, a team like the Broncos come in and beat the Bills at home. So, but anyways, I'm I'm going with the Dolphins in this one. The, the Raiders are not a good football team. Well, they're rejuvenated, but the two teams that they beat were the Giants and the Jets, who yeah. have terrible yes. offenses. So, and that isn't the case this week. Miami has the the best offense in the league in terms of points per game. They've scored. 30 at least in every home game this season. Uh, the only thing is the Dolphins haven't beat a team with a winning record. The Raiders don't have one, so I'm going with Miami handily in this one. Yeah, me too, uh, Miami. I, I've been a believer in Miami most of the year. And they, they, they have beat up on bad teams, as you point out. Vegas isn't a good team. But, you know, the biggest Miami fan in the world right now is probably Josh McDaniel because if Vegas somehow wins this, it is a huge indictment of him because then they'll be, what, 3-0 and since they yeah. fired him? Yeah, yeah. Um, he might never get a job again if Vegas goes on some kind of like seven and three run. I yeah. mean, just saying. Penn State offensive coordinator, man. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Or Pittsburgh's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Giants are two and eight. They take on the Commanders, who are four and six. The Giants are a mess, and tanking is their number one objective from here on out. They're horrible. Um, one of their two wins actually did come against the Commanders, but I got to go with the Commanders here just because Sam Howell, he leads the league in yards, if you haven't heard. Sam Howell, I didn't even know his name before. yet. That, that's, I just haven't paid that much close of attention. But uh, look, the Giants are one of the worst teams that I've seen in a while. I mean, they're bad. They're, yeah, they they're, are. They're the, they're the NFL version of San Jose Sharks, really. They're, and, they're a pitiful team. The best thing about the Giants is, is DeVito, the story about his mom cleaning his room and making chicken cutlets and his whole family's there. And I mean, they're the typical New Jersey family. I mean, it's it's fantastic, and it's great that he's getting a shot. But uh, they, they don't even look like a professional football team. Washington wins this one running away. DeVito, what a name. Sounds like it's like off of My Cousin Vinny or yeah. something. We got the Cowboys six and three at the Panthers one and eight, Dave. Dallas, not much to say. I mean, this is really good a pretty good team against a pretty bad team, and that's it. Yeah, again, there's Cowboys win this one. Dak's gonna pad his stats. It'll be great. Yeah, the Cowboys put up six hundred forty yards last week. They might put up another six forty this week, Cowboys. Titans three and six at the Jaguars six and three D. I'm taking the Jaguars. Uh, Titans have been on the road for a while. Um, they have a real difficult time stopping anybody. Their offense isn't that great. Uh, and I think Trevor Lawrence is due for a nice bounce back game. Yeah, reality seems to have set in for Will Levis here. I'm going with the Jaguars too. I'm going to make this my lock of the week. Um, the Jaguars. The same team that knocked me yeah, out. Yeah, they were embarrassed last week though. I look for them to bounce back and, and they need to win to keep pace with uh houston who's right on their tails they do need the win and i'm going with jacksonville because I, I i do i've said before i i like levis's potential but i just don't think he's there yet we got the cardinals two and eight at the texans five and four cj stroud outdueled joe burrow last week he's now second in the league in yards passing uh kyler murray's back he looked pretty good last week but um i think they'll make it a game but i'm going with the texans i'll tell you what you know three weeks ago this game was 
you know, blech, who cares? Now all of a sudden, I'm very interested in it because Murray did look much better. I I said last week I thought he would struggle on his return, did not really. Um, he got he, that one right. Uh, Stroud uh, Stroud looks like he's the next big thing. Um, so man, I'm really interested to see this. I don't know what the over under is, but I'd probably take the over, whatever it is, and I'm taking Houston. I'm actually going to take the Cardinals because of Kyler Murray being back. He's got another week to prepare. I think the the Texans had an emotional win. There's going to be a little bit of a letdown there. So I'm picking the Cardinals. That's one of the biggest upsets you've taken all year. Yeah. I'm just saying. And now I think he's a closet Cardinals fan, or at <laughs> least did. a Kyler Murray fan. We got the Buccaneers 4-5 and five at the 49ers 6-3. and three. Dave. Well, San Francisco got back on track in a big way last week. Um you know, I, I I still like them. I, I think that the three losses were kind of the, the exception. I think this is a really, really strong team, and I'm going to go with San Francisco. Yeah, San Francisco is going to pound them. I think they'll beat them by maybe two touchdowns, so I'm picking the 49ers. Niners look scary again, and um, it's a cross-country trip for Tampa Bay. San Francisco has only lost two times in the last uh, two seasons at home, by the way. The Jets are 4-5 and five at the Bills, 5-5, five and five, D. I'm, I tell you what, I'm actually going to take the Jets. Wow. wow. I'm taking the Jets because the Bills are hot mess express, as a friend of mine says. Um, they are, what a letdown. I, I tell you, and Josh Allen is, he, something's wrong with him. There's a lot of, a lot of infighting in that locker room. I, you look on Twitter, guys are saying this, yeah. guys are saying that. I think the Jets come in and, and squeak one out. Yeah, and you can kind of see that coming coming into the season with uh, Diggs there. The wheels are coming off the bus in both places, though. The Jets have gone 36 consecutive drives without a touchdown. It makes the Steelers look like they have a good offense. Uh, Rodgers might be back next month, but he might not need to play if they don't win this game. Buffalo, they're a mystery. I'm going with them, though, to bounce back here. At least they can score a touchdown every once in a while. Yeah, I'll tell you what. The line on this game is a little bit screwy to me. Seven and a half, Buffalo is favored. I mean, the way they've looked and the way the Jets deep, whatever else you want to say about the Jets, they can play defense. I'm taking Buffalo, but boy, I don't sports bet anymore. But if I did, man, I'd be looking hard at the Jets and the points. Seven and a half is a lot. We got the Seahawks six and three at the Rams three and six. This game could be crucial for Seattle because they have a tough four game stretch coming. They play the 49ers twice, the Cowboys, and then the Eagles. Stafford looks like he's coming back. The Rams beat him in week one. I think the Seahawks level the playing field here and win this one. Uh, I also am taking Seattle, but you know, can you figure this Rams team out? I mean, every other week they either look pretty good or really not very good. Sounds like the Seahawks too. Yeah, Yeah. well, I I agree with you, Seattle. This game means a lot to them. Um, Tough game, but I'm going with Seattle. If this game was in Seattle, I'd take Seattle running away with it. But Stafford back in Los Angeles, I'm, I'm actually picking the Rams. Ooh. All right, we got the Vikings six and four at the Broncos four and five. Dave. Oh, I can't believe I'm doing this. this is a if tough you had told me four weeks ago I was doing this, I'd have told you to hit me over the head with something. I'm going to take Denver. I'm going to take Denver because I still don't believe in Minnesota's offense. I think sooner or later, and I, I like Dobbs. I think all Steeler fans are rooting for him. But sooner or later, he's going to have that week where he throws two or three picks and something bad happens. And, hey, you got to give credit where it's due. Denver has really improved. You thought it was a fluke the first two weeks ago when they beat Kansas City, and now they they won, you know, they won that game. Now, granted, that was a crazy yeah. ending to that game, but a win's a win. 
home field advantage is a real thing in Colorado. I'm going with Denver. Yeah, I, I don't want to take Denver because the Dobbs story is fantastic. But I'm, I'm picking Denver here. Both have good defenses, but I think Denver's defense right now, especially what they showed here this past week against the Bills, who were told constantly they have one of the best offenses in football. I think Denver wins this one, you know, maybe by field goal or, you know, both teams are riding win streaks. Uh, Broncos have won three in a row, including two against KC and Buffalo. The Vikings have won five in a row, and that's without Justin Jefferson, which is amazing, and he might be back in the lineup. So I'm going with the Vikings in this one. Interesting. All right, we got the big Monday night showdown, a Super Bowl rematch. The Eagles are 8-1 and one at the Chiefs, 7-2. and two. D, let's close it out. I'm taking the Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. Uh, I still don't think they've played their best football I think this is the week that they do it. I'm taking the Eagles by seven. Oh, boy. Uh, I'm going to go with the Chiefs just because every time I don't take them, they win. Uh, I want the Eagles to win, but uh, I'll go with the Chiefs and, and root against them. I, th- these, this is so hard because I do think Philly's actually the better team, but I think you know Kansas City, they're coming off a bye. Yeah, both teams are. Right, but I like Andy Reid coming off a bye. Yeah, I just true. do. I really like At Andy Arrowhead. Reed. So at home, close game, great game. I'm really, you know, I haven't looked forward to too many Monday night games. I'm, re- I'm going to shape my schedule around watching this. It's going to be great, but I'm going to take Kansas City. All right, there you have it. So when we come back, we're going to go upon further review. Stay with us on Under Review as we are sponsored by Smith Lawn and Landscaping and Dr. Greg Lineski at Wise Eyes. Here we go again, the same old story. You order the part online, it's wrong when it arrives, the car's torn apart, and then the fun begins. Trying to send it back. In the meantime, your wife is missing her hair appointment, the kids need to, well, you know the rest of the story, and you think you saved money. At Napa, we'll get it right the first time. Napa know-how is on your side with expert customer service and parts that meet or exceed manufacturer's standards. Napa, better here to serve you, our customers. Napa Auto Parts, Dubois, Brockway, Brookville, and Clymer. Times are changing, but at Spitzer Dubois and St. Mary, our focus has always been on treating our customers like family. For over 100 years, that has always been true. So we invite you to experience our enduring tradition and spend the holiday season with someone who's always got your back, Spitzer Auto World. Enjoy Panda protection with the Spitzer Shield, featuring our lifetime nationwide powertrain warranty, first year of complimentary maintenance, and much more. The times will change, but we'll always stay true to the most important thing, which is ensuring we give you our best each and every day. Visit Spitzer.com today and experience all the benefits of shopping with Spitzer Dubois and St. Mary's, an enduring tradition of over 100 years for a reason. From our family to yours, we want to wish you a happy holiday. Shop online at any time using Spitzer Speed Pass. Visit us today at Spitzer.com. Must complete regular maintenance at manufacturer specified intervals and document it. Any breakdowns must be completed at a Spitzer location within 40 miles. Warranty effective anywhere in the continental United States of America, Alaska, Hawaii, and Canada. Complimentary maintenance applies to new vehicle purchases. See dealer for complete details. At Southern Airways, we fly to make your day. Fly from Dubois to Washington, Dulles, or Pittsburgh and make seamless baggage connections to United, American, and Alaska Airlines. Book low fare tickets on iFlySouthern.com from Dubois to anywhere in the U.S. and your bags automatically transfer to your final destination. At Southern Airways, we fly to make your day. Go to iFlySouthern.com. What's your call? This is Under Review on Connect FM. You can call Bob, Dave, and Dave 
at 814-372-1420. Join the chat on their Facebook page by searching Under Review Sports. And we're back. We're going to go upon upon further review here around the horn. And uh, I'll just start it real quick, guys, and we can make this real quick. D, you mentioned the Yager thing with Staggy. And um, to me, I I think of Yager and I have mixed feelings about him because of the messy divorce that came, you know, later. And, you know, he was tantalizing the the return and then he kind of, you know, went elsewhere. And, you know, I, I loved the guy as a player, but the moods were really difficult. So what are your just overall thoughts on Yager and the retirement of his number? He's only the third Penguin to actually have his number raised to the rafter. Well, I think, first of all, it's long overdue. Um, I love the fact that the Penguins don't overdo the number thing. I think in a few years you're going to see 66, 68, 87, and 71 up there, and that's probably it. I know some people are talking about 58, and I'm like, eh, you know what? That's for the true elite elites. And the first time he left, it was not his fault. The team ran out of money. They traded every. They got rid of everybody else. You knew they were going to have to trade him. Um, yeah, was he moody? Yeah, but he also is the only reason, and I'll go to my grave believing this, that we still have a team. If we lose that game seven that he played on one leg in 99, hmm. I think they, they don't have enough money and they end up moving. So... Yeah, I didn't like the whole Philly thing when he talked about coming back, but you know what? That's been a decade ago. Uh, welcome back, Yager, and and we're happy. Yeah, one of the biggest reasons why I'm a Penguins fan, are obviously, is Lemieux, but also Yager. Watching Yager play uh, as a kid, and again, being from around here, you know, you, you really don't know the sport of hockey, but when you when you start to watch it and you start to realize, wow, this guy's so much better than everybody else, and then when you start to understand it, you truly understand why he's so much better. I, I completely agree it's long overdue, and I also think Mark Madden, who I agree with sometimes, don't agree with other times, has, has been saying for years, they've got to get him in that hockey Hall of Fame. It's an absolute joke is what Staggy said about the 100 greatest players with Malkin, that Yager's not in the Hockey Hall of Fame because he's still playing to keep his team alive overseas. That is an absolute joke. They need to make some sort of provisional rule to let him into the Hockey Hall of Fame, but I'm glad to see 68's going to have a place up there by 66. And man, was he fun to watch. Well, he was something else. And when he was in his prime. Go ahead, D, why don't you take it next? Hey, speaking of fun to watch, I know you guys are all over this, but the NBA in-season tournament is Buddy, it's good TV, man. I am so glad you brought that up. My brother today asked me, he goes, what's going on with that tournament? I said, well, I hope D brings it up tonight. Well, I'll tell you what, listeners, listen. It's The NBA in-season tournament is something that they're trying to do to revitalize the ratings throughout the middle part of the, or the early part of the season, but also get the players more invested. But all, And the big picture is to stop load management. Uh, it's similar to the Champions Cup overseas. It works very well for soccer. And for all intents and purposes, it's working very well here. Um, they've had a lot of different analysts go on and and throughout the day I'm in my car a lot everyone has been extremely positive about the in-season tournament they've done a wonderful job creating special uh, courts ticket sales for all teams have gone up for in-season tournament games I think it's just a really good thing and the NBA is always at the forefront of innovation in sports and this is no different I don't know what you guys think well I guess I I have a question for you so is it just a round robin tournament? Well, what they it's it's kind of difficult to explain. They made it overly complicated. It's a tournament within the season, right? But then they have them they have them grouped based upon records from last year in their respective divisions. Then they they win the first round, and then they go on to the next round, and then the champion when they win the cup, they go out to Vegas. 
the, the team wins $500,000, which breaks down to 33,000 and some change per player. But it's just the idea of winning the in-season tournament MVP, winning that inaugural cup that has a lot of players excited. The minutes have, they. Uh, I was looking at the athletic, the minutes have gone up for all superstar players in the in-season tournament games. Nobody has been sitting. Hmm. That's what the NBA is looking to do. Right now, the, the clear-cut favorites in the East are the Bucks and the Sixers. Uh, the Bucks look fantastic. The Sixers look great. And in the West, it's Denver and everybody else. Do these games count in the standings? Yes, they okay, count. Okay, so but if you lose in the first round, then you get less games than everybody else? No, they're regular season games, but they're considered tournament games. I see. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, and, and it is a little confusing at first, but they're just, they didn't add any games to the schedule. But it, if you watch the intensity of the games as well, it, if you, like if, if a team has a game on a Friday, like the Cavs are going to smash the Pistons on Friday night. That's their first in-season home tournament. Yeah, Lonnie, they're going to smash them. But I honestly think if you watch those games versus watching a regular game, the intensity level is dialed up, and that's fun to watch. Well, that's what they need because I, I have watched some in-season NBA and look, this is true for, I think, every sport. The intensity does ratchet up, and it happens in the NHL too. But it, there's a huge difference in the NBA between the intensity and the playoffs. And, yes. and they need to fix that because yes. that, that's a bad product sometimes in the regular oh, season. Listen, I love the NBA, and I watch it for any number of reasons. But there are some games that are truly unwatchable. And, I mean, that goes for all sports. But the NBA, I mean, for goodness sake, the Wizards were on the other night, and I was watching Jordan Poole. He was laughing on the court. He was sitting at the scorer's table yawning. I mean, that's terrible <laughs> for the the NBA. And I'll give the NBA credit. I feel like the NFL is always at the advent of, of change and progress. I think the NBA is right behind them. Yep. And the NHL and MLB are way behind. Well, and the NHL is a little bit better. MLB, now I'll give them credit. We don't have time for all this. I would love to have this discussion about the different sports and how stuck in their way some are. But when the NBA, the three-point line just by itself, can you imagine baseball doing something like that? I mean, it changed the whole game. And they sh they had to do it. It's been a huge and I know that's every, young people are like, what do you mean? It used to have no three point. Line. Yes. In the old days, there was no three point line, but that's how yeah. fundamental well, it's become. And, and again, it, it's changed youth sports as well for basketball because now kids see these guys. Steph Curry changed basketball. hundred percent. Michael Jordan, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, uh, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson saved the NBA. Jordan revitalized everything about the NBA, especially branding and, and, and the sneaker game and everything else. But Steph Curry right now has made the game a three-point game. Right. So it's just a really good product. And again, I encourage anybody that doesn't watch the NBA, watch these in-season tournament games. They are a lot of fun. Sounds we'll come like a back challenge to this. for us. I, I, I want to come back and have this conversation again, but we are out of running out of time. So real quick, my, my um, upon further review has to do with Cleveland. We all on here were questioning Deshaun Watson and wh whether he just didn't want to play. We have to call ourselves out a little bit. It wasn't that. He just had season-ending surgery because he had a broken bone in his shoulder. Okay. And I think we all fall into this trap. These are professional athletes. I don't like Deshaun Watson. I don't think he should have got that contract. He had all these sexual harassment charges. He's, he, that, but that doesn't mean that he didn't want to play. And I think it's a real indictment of their doctors and their team that they didn't believe the player and that they had all these rumors out there about, you know, the coach was like, well, I don't know why he's not playing. You know, he kind of threw his own, his own guy under the bus. Um, and I do think we owe him an apology because clearly he was playing not hurt, but very hurt. Well, I don't think he's going to be too hurt financially. Well, I saw that he, he made like what? 91 million already. He's going to make a ton of money and that's a whole different yeah. argument. And he's only but, played 12 games with, Cleveland. but you know what? A lot of people questioned his toughness and I think that was unfair. Yeah, I agree with you. The guy, I mean, 
none of us can even understand the psyche of a professional athlete. These guys are they're the ultimate competitors in whatever sport they're in. There's no part of me that doesn't think that Deshaun, he wants to go out there and compete and be with his teammates. But it is a shame. I'm not a Browns fan. I'm a stairway fan. Listen, I, I'd like to see him this week, and he won't be there. Oh, it's time to get lost, D. You know what that sound is. Oh, yeah. Hashtag get lost. This is from my brother, D. Hashtag get lost to MLB. This is a change that is completely ridiculous. They're, they're, they're postseason formatted with these ghost wins. All that's doing is actually favoring the large market teams with these bigger records in the regular season. Hey, Rob Manfred, hashtag get lost. That's an interesting, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Bob, you go. I was just going to say hashtag get lost. Did you hear that Ovo, Johan Oviedo is probably going to have Tommy John surgery? So just Tommy John all the time with these pitchers and MLB. Yeah, that's tough. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say hashtag get lost to fans who give uh, give referees a hard time. I, I just heard today that the Senate passed a bill that you can actually be arrested now if you verbally abuse an official in Pennsylvania. And look, I don't mind being booed, but when you get personal and you get vulgar, it crosses a line. And I'm glad to see some people are taking action. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next week.